Welcome, everybody. Woohoo! It's fall time here in the Mega Strange studio. The leaves are turning brown. It's spider season here in Southern California. I don't know is how it is. I don't know how it is in the rest of the world, in the rest of the United States. You're from the East Coast. Do you have a spider season where yeah, you're from? It's uh, usually summer, yeah. Summer is spider yeah. season? Spider and bug season, usually. Is that when it gets extremely hot? I mean, that sounds like a stupid question. Is summer when it gets extremely hot? But is it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when it gets hot, uh, bees start showing up. Interesting. So here in San Diego, where we're from, Slam Diego. please uh, refrain from Padre's references <laughs> or Anchorman jokes. Uh, you can leave them in the comments if you, if you know them. Here in San Diego... The summer is pretty chill, actually. We got the biggest air conditioner in the world, the Pacific Ocean, right there, cooling us down with its uh, chilly ocean breezes. It's not until September and October, November, and sometimes even December when it gets swelteringly, extremely, unbearably hot. Ugh! You know, right now we're going through the worst heat wave in the California recorded history. I hate it. It's bad. And on top of that, it's fucking spider season because it's so hot. Back. Oh, sorry. I went to the garage uh, of my house. A little home gym is in there. My little resin crafting station is in there. I got my motorcycle in there. It's a pretty cool place. I like to hang out. It's completely covered in spider webs. All the lights were covered in webs with like dozens if not hundreds of little baby spiders and orb weavers giant orb weavers the size of 50 cent pieces hanging from like above my motorcycle above my it was all over my workout equipment it was on my bench press truthfully i freaked out i cried like a little baby i ran out of there i didn't take like a full day i couldn't even go in there i hate spiders so much Same. it's like a, it's uh i have arachnophobia i think i think um and not not even before I even saw the movie, I knew that I was afraid of spiders for whatever reason. Understandably. I hate that I'm afraid of spiders. Oh. It's a weakness that I have. Ugh. They're like little fucking aliens. I don't like them. Yeah, I try my best to try to uh, see them as like cute, you know, sometimes like a little cartoon spider. I'm like, eh, that guy's cool. But man, they're scary. Yeah, they just are so alien looking. Same with cockroaches. Cockroaches really, I, if I see one, my day is ruined. One time in my old apartment, uh, I saw one like this big and uh, my first instinct was to grab a hammer. <laughs> it was that big. And I was like, <gasps> a hammer. You're going to do way more damage than, yeah. than good with the hammer. So I hit. I hit, I hit no the, way. You went after a cockroach with a hammer. I hit it with the, with, with the hammer. So New York of and you. Uh, what are you? You're like doing a mafia hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was doing some old boy shit. Next, um, you're going to put a plastic bag over the <laughs> cockroach's face and smother him out. Uh, yeah, so I hit Old it. boy shit. By the way, that's like you in a hall with 100 cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> Let's well, go. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> Kicking up, throwing the elbows. Uh, but yeah, I hit it, and uh, I guess I didn't hit it hard enough. Uh, I, it just went, <sighs> like it made that noise and, and scuttled away. And I was like, I, I'll never forget the noise I made. It was just, <laughs> like I just did that, and I yeah. ran away. <laughs> Uh, that's the cockroach equivalent of fuck you. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but then I yeah I, I got him. He's he's gone. So it took uh, the second hammer strike. 
Yeah, it, uh, he got like five or six, I think. Five or six hammer strikes? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> dude, that was like the Kevlar cockroach. Yeah. That thing was. I took him out. That thing was, uh, that's legendary. I feel like I could get tried for that's that. That's a tough ass hit. roach, bro. <laughs> Damn, monster roach. <laughs> six shots with a hammer. I hope I'd ever have to take on a roach like that. You know, I went to Puerto Rico. Uh, I've been to Puerto Rico a couple of times. They have flying cockroaches down there. All right, never going there. And they're huge. They're the size of your standard New York uh, radioactive fuck ton cockroach, except they throw out the back wings and that noise, that noise is yeah. they're like oh, God. wing flapping as they like hummingbird towards you. Any place that has those or jumping spiders, I'm I'm not visiting. Well. And Australia, sorry. Trigger warning if you're afraid of bugs, if you have uh, etophobia, etymolophobia. Oh, I have that. Or whatever it is. But we're not here to talk about bugs today, no. Yeah, thank you for joining every us, everybody. You're watching Make Strange. We're your hosts, Derek and Johnny. And today uh, we have some interesting stories about people who refuse to die. Whoa. People who will not go quietly into the grave, or, uh, as I can quote from one of the stories that I'm excited to share with you today, people who refuse to quit the theater of this reality. Uh, we're talking about vampires, a uh, new story of vampires that have been uncovered, and I have a devilish tale to share with everyone today about a doctor that I have dubbed the American Frankenstein. Yes, Johnny, the American Frankenstein. Okay. You know what Dr. Frankenstein is famous for? Well, the American Frankenstein was best friends with a little president, a famous old president, a founding father out there, some of you may have heard of, a man named George Washington. And I'll be telling you how these two interesting characters' paths cross over with each other and in addition to that, Johnny, you have the world's first AI cryptid. Yes. It's uh, genuinely terrifying. Yeah. This is going to be a wild episode of the Mega Strange podcast. Strap into your seats because it's going to be a roller coaster ride. Woo! Let's get it started. <laughs> By the way, if you're a fan of Mega Strange, <laughs> if you like this show, you want to support this show, follow us on Twitter at Mega Strange 666. Or on Instagram at Make a Strange Podcast, and be sure to subscribe and hit the notification button on YouTube. We have new episodes coming out yes. on Saturdays. Uh, I do appreciate people like tweeting at uh, us on that account. Uh, a lot of what I grabbed today was from people tweeting at us. So if you want to get your stuff in, the Mega Strangers out there, the our fan club, our correspondence and strangeness, whatever you want to call it. The people who watch this show, what's cool, if you're a fan of Mega Strange, we encourage people to get involved in this show in multiple ways. Yeah. You can tweet at us. You can message us. Um, any paranormal correspondence you come across in your part of the country or your part of the world, you can send it to us. We'll report on it on this show. We've had some great breaking uh, stories. Yeah. I feel like we were one of the first people to talk about the um, Wolfman mm -hmm. at the zoo in Texas. And meeting everybody on uh, the tour around the country, we got to hear the local stories about like the dog man and the frog man and the moth man. And if it wasn't for our fans out there giving us these hot tips, half of our 
uh, best episodes would never have happened. I feel like we're the reason the dog man is in the ethos right now. I've seen a lot I of dog agree. man content. I feel like the yeah. dog man, that, once, yeah. once we talked yeah, about yeah. it, it became mainstream. And that episode like secretly does good. Like it's, it got picked up by the algorithm, I think. Yeah, um, we're breaking the, the tip open, breaking the jar open on the dog man exactly. sauce. Well, uh, so uh, thank you everybody out there. And thank you for joining us today. Johnny, let's get into our first story. Okay. Um, this AI cryptid. This oh, is, I was going to start with something else. Okay. All right. Or you, I can start with the AI cryptid. No, let's go okay. Johnny Special. The Johnny Special. Chef's Choice. Uh, okay. Yeah. A, what do you got? A skeleton was unearthed in Poland uh, that was supposedly a vampire. Have you heard about this? Uh, have you heard about this? Yeah, Jay Leno. Yeah, <laughs> I guess uh, we can confirm that people in Poland truly do uh, suck. <laughs> uh, so I <laughs> sorry to our Polish fans. This is a Jay Leno impersonation. Uh, Jay Leno hates Poland. Not he us. does not us. He famously is anti-Polish. So a few researchers, uh, I'm not sure what they were researching, but they unearthed uh, a tomb, and uh, they found a, a skeleton of a woman. Wow. By the way, they sound like grave robbers who had yeah. to come up with a cover story real fast. <laughs> what were you doing in the graveyard? Oh, no, no. researching. We're, we're investigating. We were trying to learn stuff. So they found uh, that this woman was buried with a scythe across um, her neck. What? Yeah. The motion detector light just turned on. That, yeah, that's fucking scary. There's, there's, nobody, there's no one there. There's nobody over there. Yeah, I don't like that. This place is fucking haunted. Yeah, the, dude, we, we, we definitely like unearthed some evil spirits talking <laughs> about this turn, shit. Oh, it turned off? Oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, continue about the uh, corpse oh, that was unearthed. I'll, I'll see if I can. Um, there's nobody over there. What's going on? Anyway, so yeah, they unearthed this corpse and she had a scythe. Uh, wrapped around her neck. What? And uh, a padlock around her big toe. Uh, I have a photo of it if you want to check that out. Huh. Yeah, show me the photo. This is going to get us demonetized, I'm sure. Oh, and a giant credit card. <laughs> wow. I was going to make that joke too. <laughs> Ooh, big spender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, these are, you know, for, you know, size. Uh, yeah, here's the scythe. And then over, you know, by her foot. So the metal, uh, like curved bar is yeah. the scythe, it, and then she, the, the big toe being locked down. I don't know what that's about. That reminds me of the scary stories to tell in the dark. They yeah. bury the person, only their big toe is sticking out of the ground, and the person plucks it, thinking it's a potato. So uh, they, I think they, uh, you know, what scientists have gathered, and I think it's it's very apparent, is that uh, the scythe was put in place just in case the person rose from the grave, and uh, their head would get. You know, chopped off if they oh, came to. It's a dead man's trigger. Just in case you uh, were resurrected, you'd be insta killed. They thought of everything, dude. In medieval Poland, smart. Uh, but I, I've realized that this kind of fed into the last time we talked about vampires. Uh, didn't you talk about like around Serbia and Poland? Uh, you know, there were a lot of cases of vampires, and people would be buried sort of like this. If I recall correctly. Yes. For all the mega strangers out there who may remember, we did a whole episode about the history of vampires and the first recorded use of the word vampire in English, which was from, I believe, the year 1730 or it was from yeah. the decade of the 1730s, which, in my opinion, was a lot later than I was expecting. I would think that vampires have been around for thousands of years. That's what movies and folklore would lead us to believe. 
but they've yeah. actually only been around for about 300 years. I could see that. In the modern sense. There are stories of creatures similar to vampires, but they're not called vampires. Those stories from 300 years ago did come from Eastern Europe, and they did often just have to do with people who had recently died and were buried, and the locals were afraid that they would come back to life. If you go back and watch that episode, we give a, kind of give a rundown of what an actual vampire is, yeah. and it differs from a movie vampire. It's not like a guy with fangs who wants to suck your blood. A vampire is more of an energy, like an evil energy specter. They even said that like when a vamp, when a person first turns into a vampire, they will be like an ethereal spirit, and mm. then they will turn into like a gelatinous blob, and then that blob will start to grow bones and like re-manifest itself into something that looks like the person who recently died. Yeah, I, I recall, it's, it's, oh sorry. It's just like different from yeah. what you would think. Yeah, everything you you brought up that one episode really felt zombie-esque, not uh, what a modern vampire would be considered, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, even all the, all the uh, research I found, uh, even in, in this article that I'm pulling from, uh, they claim that Poland was having a vampire epidemic, which is uh, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is something you said in that episode is that that you know there was a vampire epidemic. It's a fascinating story of um, some government officials who had to go to a remote town, yeah, basically in Transylvania, because there had been reports of vampires from this town, and a former government official had gone out there. Uh, and basically confirmed it. Um, yeah. And then a bunch of mysterious circumstances. It was like a movie. It was, yeah, yeah, it was for so real. cool. It was like a gothic thriller. I highly recommend go back and watch our <laughs> History of Vampires episode. Uh, but yeah, uh, in this article, they kind of stated other ways that people in Poland would get rid of vampires, and they were kind of grotesque. Uh, you know, mo- most commonly the sickle across the throat, just, just in case. And then yes, you can never be too sure. Uh, the other one was like burning of the corpses and uh, smashing them with stones. That's, that's just unnecessary. Yeah, that's like me with the roach. That's probably why there's this. That's so morbid and, <laughs> and dark. But yeah, the vampires are said to be like gelatinous, like crushed bone beings. So yeah, they, they want to get them there faster. Yeah, they just pulverize them. That's awful, and the, by the way. Yeah, oh, what yeah. A, Sorry. What a thing to do to a person. Because these people are not actually vampires. <laughs> they're just suspected of being vampires. Yeah, exactly. So corpses are pulverized. And then the final one was like their heads and legs were cut off before being uh, buried. Uh, so I visited New Orleans um, 22 years ago. Yeah. In the year 2000. And I went on this tour around the French Quarter known as the Vampire Tour. People in New Orleans who do this tour claim that it's the most vampire-infested city in America. Among other things, the most haunted city in America, the most ghosts, the most werewolves or dogmen, whatever you want to call them. Everything. Most crawdads. It's the most paranormal city in America. Um, yeah. New Orleans. Nolans. Nolans. If, if you want to get the local flavor. And the stories they would tell about what they would do to suspected vampires in in that town, it's very similar to this. If a person dies and you think they're a vampire um, in Nolens, you pretty much are uh, excused by the law. 
right? So if a person dies and you don't think they're a vampire and then you cut their head off and burn their body and stake their heart, you're going to be charged with the crime of corpse desecration. Okay. Um, and basically just being extremely disrespectful to the member of the community. But those laws did not apply if the person was suspected of being a vampire, mm -hmm. which means highly respected people of the community would be mutilated and destroyed after death because people would just think like that, that person was a vampire. Yeah, I mean, the similar things happened with like, you know, the Salem witch trials, I, I feel. You know, people were like fucking waterboarded and all there that were, jazz. There were things that were said to turn you into a vampire that are so ridiculous. The idea that you would then have your body burned and you'd be decapitated because you died on the wrong side of a fence. Yeah. It was literally like if you hopped a fence and you were on a property that you were not invited onto, and then the owner shot you for trespassing and you died on the property. If you died on a property you were not invited onto, you could potentially turn into a vampire. So oh. you have stories of like a young man mm. who falls in love with a girl whose father does not approve of it. And the guy sneaks onto the property to see the girl and the dad shoots the guy and he's killed on the property. And then the dad goes, oh, fuck. Now your boyfriend's going to turn to a vampire. <laughs> and he gets a fucking sword. And he cuts the guy's head off. And then he burns the body. And then the family would be like, what happened to our son? <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, he was going to turn into a yeah, vampire. I saved you. I took care of the problem. <laughs> Is that where the um, the idea of like vampires getting invited in comes from? Um, I think that it's a response to that oh, okay. part of the folklore. These stories actually happened. And so yeah. um, when you're talking about this vampire being discovered in Poland, same thing. Yeah. Scythe around the neck. I, that's why I'm so confused with the padlocking of the toe. Because clearly the padlock on the toe is an anti-vampire precaution. Yeah. I just don't understand it. I want to know, like, what's the logic there? Maybe they just wanted to padlock them and that was the only one it could fit. Like maybe the big toe was the only place they... They felt the was big toe, like put snug a, put enough a chain around the ankle. Yeah. Yeah. Handcuff them like a padlock on the big toe yeah. seems so <laughs> like like it's not going to do anything. I'll just slip my toe out of the lock. Yeah, it was a triangular padlock. That's that's that triangular padlock is going to fuck me up. I'm going to think about that <laughs> late at night. I'm going to not be able to fall asleep just being thinking like, why do you put a triangular padlock on a vampire's toe? Yeah, I wonder. What's that about? Yeah, I wonder if like these articles were kind of sensationalizing it by and thought it would be funny to say big toe, but maybe it was just the foot. I don't know. Because I could see it like being like a sandal kind of, you know, on the the top of the foot. If the lock is on the big foot, why would you? How is it more sensational to say it's on his big toe? Yeah, I don't it know. It seems so specific. Yeah, yeah. It rings true to me. I, I'm with you. Well, good luck to our fans in Poland. It looks like you just unearthed a whole new batch of problems. Blade four coming yeah. soon from Poland. And he's, he's got a, he's got a bunch of Polish jokes in the chamber. You better watch out. Oh, they got, they got jokes of their own. <laughs> 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 Moving on. Let's talk about this brand new cryptid. I'm so excited okay. to hear what this thing is. Johnny has come to me. This is a story that the mega strangers out there on the street have passed our way. Yes. This is, 
the latest cryptid uh, to enter the digital realm, the, dec- uh, the digital realm. Yeah, the, le- <laughs> the lexicon of monsters that we traffic in on this show. Uh, so there was a Twitter user named Super Composite. Um, Super Composite shouts out. And they were messing around with uh, something that I'm not fully that I don't fully understand, but I, I kind of understand the gist of it. It's called negative prompt weights. Uh, this is when you give an AI a prompt and it will kind of spit out the like the polar opposite. You're, huh. you're ex- essentially prompting the AI to give you the wrong uh, response. Oh, so it's like they made the world's most annoying AI. Yeah. Uh, so a Super Composite decided to give the AI uh, the prompt Marlon Brando uh, with a negative prompt weight. And they got uh, back this thing that they dubbed, uh, they're calling it Lobe. They got this image of a woman. Uh, it almost looks like an album cover and it says like lobe on it's, the top. It says lobe. Yeah. The word lobe. Okay. Uh, here I could, I have a, the Twitter thread of, uh, all of these. All right. We're going to take a look at lobe, everybody. Oh, that's not lobe. That's not lobe. I think it should be this one. Okay. So this is the original image right here. And as you can see, it says lobe right there. Lobe. Well, it could say bobe. It yeah. also could be like, I don't know, it strikes me as Russian. Yeah. And also just like a made up language. It's kind oh, of freaky. It looks, yeah. you know, I'm going to I'm gonna call it, looks like a case of domestic abuse. Yeah. Sadly. It's, it's sad it's un- looking. It's unsettling. It definitely looks like the cover of like an A24 movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Super Composite decided uh, to... Kind of, this is the original what they got here, uh, but they they decided to take the image of Loeb, and uh, some AIs you can give it two images and it'll kind of spit you back like a combination. Yeah. So they had their friend made this image, which was like Wes Anderson ice tunnel or some shit like that, and uh, they decided to co- combine it with this image of Loeb, and they realized everything they got was horrific. Oh, there we go. Looks like a frozen corpse. That's uh, defrosting and like the fingers are starting to melt. The eyes are starting to melt. That's really, uh, that's some nightmare fuel right there. Yeah. And and then they also got this one. Oh, and this is like, uh, oh, the the babies have been stuck in the freezer with with lobe and we have lobes. (laughs) So they kept like, they they realized no matter what they gave uh, the AI, uh, if they combined it with the image of lobe, they would get horrific images. Uh, I can't really read what it says, but I think they, they added it with something else. <clears throat> I can read that. Okay. It says, since Loeb was discovered using negative prompt weights, her gestalt is made from a collection of traits that are equally far away from something, but the combined traits are still a cohesive concept for the AI, and almost all descendant images contain a recognizable lobe. Yeah, so these are, like, every time they tried to mess around with it, they always got her. She would always come back, you know? So they put lobe in with really, really random stuff and weighed yeah. heavily, uh, but lobe is always like prominently prominent, featured yeah. in the art. So they can't, no matter what they do, remove lobe. Exactly. Uh, Holy these ones are shit. Rip- yeah, right? <laughs> Dude, what's go- what the fuck yeah. is going on with lobe? Yeah, I have chills right now. Go to the he- the, the head one. That, okay, the only thing is that's, like, less lobe and more. Yeah. That's freaky. Like, I, I assume that's her. How did this all start? What did they put in originally? Marlon Brando. Yo, Marlon Brando's fucked up, dude. Uh, I like this, the- is, this is, like, Marlon Brando on the inside. Why he's such a good actor. Yeah. This is what's fueling Marlon Brando. <laughs> this is what Marlon Brando thinks about when he does, like, Vito Corleone and Colonel Kurtz. I like this one. They typed in bees with lobe, and they got, that one's, that's and they got the, gay lobe. 
bees and galob are my favorite <laughs> load so far, but they're still horrible. This one was interesting. They're essentially saying like they tried to like, uh, you know, do something else, but they the, like you know her face still shows up even when it's something like inanimate. Uh, okay, let me read that. Oh, it says. Even when the red cheeks or other important features disappear, the lobeness of the images uh, is there. She haunts the images, persists through generations, overpowers other bits. Okay. Uh, this is when they try to combine her with Avatar. Lobatar. Which is kind of hilarious. Uh, this one. Cyberlobe. Cyberlobe. This Ooh, is keyhole. Uh, yeah, keyhole lobe. Insano lobe. <laughs> oh wait, go back up. I'm gonna name all these. Yeah. This is a claymation lobe, also known as clay fighter lobe. Clay fighter lobe. Clay lobe. This is um. Oh wait, that's uh. What's the zombie from Iron Maiden? Oh Eddie. Yeah. This is Iron Maiden Eddie lobe. Eddie uh, lobe. Power slave lobe. This is uh Pee Wee Herman lobe. <laughs> we have um. That's cool. That kind of yeah, looks like. Cool. That looks like cool comic book art. Yeah. Like Saga, like the comic book Saga. Yeah, it does look like Saga. Saga lobe. And then we've got uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, Emily the Strange lobe. <laughs> this one's... Lo uh, Lobely the Strange. Oh, God. Oh, micro lobe. Oh, microwave lobe. <laughs> I was going to say meat lobe. Meat lobe. <laughs> Ozzy Oslobe. Yeah. That, that. And Sharon. Yeah, there you go. There's some... Sharon. Uh, this is a video game lobe. Dude, Fortnite lobe. Yeah. Overlobe. Overlobe. <laughs> This is cool. This is uh oh. this is like HR Geiger lobe. Yeah. Geiger lobe. This is uh ooh, this is Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Uh I don't uh, know. I think I'm a big fan of yeah, lobe, me actually. too. The this more honestly, lobe. the more I am exposed to lobe, yeah. the, the more desensitized I become okay, to the horrificness. We'll go to the beginnings. This is the original lobe. Classic lobe. Classic lobe. Lobe classic. Uh, this is just lobe. Standard lobe. And this got picked up by a bunch of news sources and people are, are starting to say that this is, you know, we've we've covered AI cryptids before. We had that demon. Yeah. I forgot his name, but uh, this one seems way more horrific because of how, uh, you know, resilient she is and, and how like her, her image kind of goes through all these uh, different prompts. You know, the original lobe is the least horrific of all. I think so. So <clears throat> that's lobe. I, do you think it's lobe or do you think it's like low ab or something? I like lobe. We're going to go with lobe. Yeah, me too. That was, that was cool. Um, yeah. It makes you wonder if there's this whole like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is touting the metaverse. Yeah. What if we go into the metaverse and we start seeing NPCs and creatures in the metaverse that nobody put there? Yeah. We start seeing lobe. We start seeing uh, Grongus or whatever that <laughs> other cryptid was. The I think idea you will. of these like entities forming consciousness out there within the uh, networks of AI, within the computer communication networks, the metaverse, the internet. It's like this whole intangible dimension where um, creatures can reside is yeah, what I it seems so. like. And you know, we've only had the internet for like 40 years at this point, which is uh, both a long time in the course of like our lifetime, but uh, not a long time in the course of like human history. Imagine a doorway, a portal to another realm and human beings have only been able to open it for 40 years. Mm. 
what would the what would they know about that other realm? Yeah, I I feel like once you start giving AI kind of you know rain, uh, I think there'll be kind of glitches in the system that you'll you'll start to see weird stuff like that. Um, yeah, you know the more we automate it, you know, I think the stranger things will get. <laughs> stranger things. Love that show. Eleven. It's great. It's Millie, waffles. Millie Bobby. Waffles. Master Puffets running up that hill. Chrissy, wake up. I'm running up that hill. <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> hey, let's keep it going. This is a hot episode of Mega Strange. Woo! Oh. Ah! Woo! I just want to say. Uh, Are we back? Are we live? Is everybody. Back. It's all the people who tuned out because I sang Kate Bush. They uh, they missed some shit. So I just did an impromptu concert. Yeah, you fuck, you you fucked up. We're gonna be opening up the yeah. MetaZoo Meta cards just after this next exactly. story. Exactly. So stay tuned. We're, yeah, we're gonna save it for the grand finale. This next story, I'm so excited to bring to everybody. I've been hyping it up to Johnny all yes. day. I've been telling you, I think this story is gonna make you pop. Oh. You don't know what I'm talking about. You have no idea what's nope. coming. Sit back and relax okay. because I'm gonna tell you a story about American history. It's gonna blow your mind. You're not gonna think it's true. It's 100% true. Everything I'm saying is documented. None of this is fabricated. This is the story of a girl. This is the story of a girl. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is the story of George Washington. This is the oh, story shit. of George Washington and his friends. What was his friend's name? William Thornton, who I have William dubbed Thornton. the American Dr. Frankenstein. The American Frankenstein. That sounds like a great wrestler name. The American Frankenstein. Check this out. Hopefully your mic didn't just die. <laughs> hello, hello. Are we still here? Yeah, I think so. George Washington is regarded as one of the most iconic men to have lived not only in America, but in the history of the world. People mm. all over the world know who the first president of the United States was. George Washington. What most people don't know is that George Washington, even though he was a war hero, even though he was a tough guy, he was undeniably a badass, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Forded the Delaware River at night, attacked all those motherfuckers on Christmas, kicked their fucking asses. Did he have wooden teeth? He did have wooden teeth. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty badass. That probably hurt. Do you know... What scared George Washington? The British. No. Oh. No, he was not scared of the British. He had a very well-documented fear, uh, an idea that terrified him, that affected him significantly towards the end of his life. George Washington was terrified of the idea of being buried alive. Okay, that makes sense. He was terrified yeah. of the idea. Terrible tales of uh, coffins with scratch marks on the inside of the lid horrified him. <clears throat> Many people from that era had known or heard of cases of people who were seemingly dead who had later come back to life. And there was one story in particular that somebody had told to George Washington one mm. time that lived rent-free in his mind for the rest of his life. 
He was never able to shake this story. There was an acquaintance of George Washington, a young woman who was the wife of a minister. And she told George Washington a story that had been told to her by an older gentleman in the summer of the year 1790. And it was a story about an illness that that man had suffered at the age of 20, where he had been suffering for, from this illness on a, on a deathbed, basically. And after the ninth day of suffering, he expired. He died. Most of the family and even the doctor were convinced that the 20-year-old boy was dead, but his mother was so grief-stricken, she refused to let them prepare the body for burial. They kind of thought like, okay, she's going a little crazy. She's grieving hard. She's mentally not sound, but we don't want to, you know, rock the boat. So they allowed the person, the dead body, to reside with the mother in the bedroom where it had died um, for the rest of the afternoon, for the rest of the evening, and throughout the entire cold winter night. And into the next morning when they checked the body and it was still undoubtedly a corpse. Then, to their astonishment, the people who were waiting in the room heard a gentle sigh. And the heart-stricken young man once again opened his eyes and had returned to life. This story haunted George Washington. All right. It would haunt me. It would haunt anybody. Um, on December 18th, 1797, Martha. Oh, wait, what date? December 18th. Oh, it's on my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> I mean, not yet, but. But happy pre-birthday. <laughs> I hope some, did something horrific happen on my birthday? Well, no. Oh. But something interesting happened. Oh. Martha Stewart had written a letter to one of her friends who lived in Philadelphia. And she told him this interesting story that said that George the newly retired president had entered into an engagement with some of his physician friends and several other gentlemen. And the deal was that they were not to quit the theater of this world before the year 1800. Okay. Not to quit the theater of this world. They basically made a pact not to die. They wanted to reach the century. They wanted to reach the year 1800 to see what it would be like. So yeah. George Washington, he feared being buried alive, and he dreamed of living into the new century. I bet, like, uh, you know, he thought things would just, you know, immediately change when you hit the, the century. Similar to how we thought that, like, we'd be in flying cars by the year 2000. I love this idea that George Washington just dreamed of seeing, like, what are the 1800s going to yeah. be like? Yeah. <laughs> what are the 1800s going to be like? That letter was We're written. the same. That letter was written December of 1797. So if he can make it just three more years, he's in. Yeah. He doesn't make it. Nope. He, he gets close. December 14th, 1799. What is that, like, two and a half weeks before the goal? Yeah. He dies. What did he die of again? I'll tell you. Oh, okay. And this is contested by history. 
But it is said that he died of an acute case of epiglottitis, which is a virulence, a viral infection of the throat. Mm. He got like a throat inflammation and a throat infection. But what was really crazy, now, if you're George Washington, think about this. He got the infection and within 48 hours was dead. I mean, it makes sense. They probably, you know, modern the, the medicine at the time probably wasn't. They were like, here, have some cocaine. But keep in mind yeah. the story that haunted him. Oh, yeah. The guy spent nine days on the bed and then died for two days and then came back. Oh, yeah. So, um, well, we'll get back to what happens 48 hours after he passes away. Mm. But while he is sick um, on the bed, he looks to his secretary, a man named Tobias Lear. And uh, Tobias Lear says this is what happened. He says at about 10 o'clock, he made several attempts to speak to me um, before he could get any words out. So George Washington is like, like Yoda trying to talk to Luke, right? And he says, I'm just going. This is George Washington speaking. Tobias, have me decently buried. And do not let my body be put into the vault in less than three days after I am dead. He wants them to wait three days after he dies. Okay. Even on his deathbed, he's still afraid of being buried alive. <laughs> Tobias says, uh, he bowed to say he would do it. And George Washington said, do you understand me? And Tobias said, yes. And George Washington replied, Tis well. And those are his final words. Tis well. He died. His final words are tis well. That's his pretty final, good. His final words were him begging his secretary, don't bury me, don't bury me too soon. <laughs> it just is a testament to like what is on your mind in your final moments. Yeah. It kind of makes me sad to think that George Washington died being paranoid that he was going to be buried alive. Like that to me is an eternally sad thought. The first president of the United States died with fear in his heart. Fear of being buried alive. You, of do all you, the things. Do you think you, it was, you know, or was it solace knowing that like his, that he was able to tell someone like, don't do it. Like maybe, maybe that was a good relief. I feel like I, he was I like, imagine he's, he's probably, like, oh, I'm yeah. not, I'm not dying until I fucking yeah, get yeah. this out. Yeah, exactly. He's like, so like, I gotta tell somebody <laughs> oh, I'm fucked up. I can't even get the words out. And Tobias is like, is everything okay? He's like, don't bury me for three days. He's like, yeah. okay, I got you. He's like, thank God. <laughs> I think, maybe yeah, you're right. I maybe think, you're right. yeah, that's, I think he was that's happy. That's a sweeter sentiment. I would think. Um, so he died between 10 and 11 on December 14th, 1799. His final words were tis well, and he died at the age of 67. Mm -hmm. So when he when they found out that he had epiglottis, they called his good friend, Dr. William Thornton, um, a man who I call the American Frankenstein. But let me tell you who William Thornton really was, because he was actually quite famous in his day. The name sounds very familiar. He was a physician and he was well known because he was good friends with George Washington and a lot of founding fathers and politicians of the day. And he was trained in some of the best medical schools in Europe. So he had all of the world's medical knowledge inside of him. and He brought it to America. Not only was he a doctor, he was like an architect, like kind of like a renaissance man. He designed the library, uh, the library company of Philadelphia. He designed the United States Capitol building and a number of other important homes in the D.C. area. He was appointed 
commissioner of the new federal city and was named the first superintendent of the patent office of the United States of America in the year 1802. Okay. But 20 years after George Washington died, William Thornton finally confessed this story. Oh. And this is what he says happened. He was good friends with George Washington, and he received a letter that George Washington had an inflammation of the throat and needed a physician to come help him. Thornton went to see George Washington at his home in Mount Vernon, and he left for the estate with, quote, the fullest confidence of being able to relieve him by tracheotomy. You know what tracheotomy is? Yes. That's the hole in the throat. Yeah. He was shocked to discover that Washington had died before his arrival and was now, quote, laid out, laid out as a stiffened corpse. My feelings at that moment, I cannot express. I was overwhelmed with the loss of the best friend I had on earth. His best friend, George Washington, had died. But Thornton had a plan. Uh-huh. This is what Thornton set out to do. And this is what he describes in his writings 20 years after the fact. He says, on that day, the weather was very cold and Washington remained in a frozen state. I want to reiterate at this moment Preserved. that what I am about to tell you is all true. I just want to reiterate that. Um, Where are your sources? No, okay. <laughs> I got this from the Mount Vernon website. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. This is all, this all is legit. Thornton said Washington's body was, uh, had been frozen and remained in a a frozen state for several days. Because remember at this point he had been dead for 48 hours, just 48 hours. Thornton writes, I proposed to attempt his restoration in the following manner. First to thaw him in cold water which means like a Thanksgiving turkey, they would wrap up George Washington in some ropes and lower him into a pool of water to cool him out and thaw him out. Then they would lay blankets on him and by degrees and by friction, we give him warmth and put activity to the minute blood vessels. So they would thaw out his frozen body in the water. This they, is George they, Washington. They dunked motherfucker, my man like a fucking tea bag. They tea bagged him. <laughs> they're like, they Wink. pulled out. This is George Washington. He's been dead for two days. Yeah. They're gonna pull him out of the water. Like a turkey. They had like all his hand <laughs> dude. Gonna, they're gonna wrap him up in blankets. I would love to see an image of that. They're gonna wrap him up in so many blankets that they're gonna slowly by degrees warm him up. At the same time, it smells terrible. This is what Thornton wrote. At the same time. To open a passage to the lungs by the trachea and to inflate them with air to produce an artificial respiration. Okay. So they were going to thaw him out, then swaddle him in blankets. And then as his temperature, as his body temperature steadily increases, Thornton wanted to pump air into his lungs to simulate breath. Okay. It seems like they didn't have an understanding of the vascular system yet. And the piece de resistance, the best part. To transfuse blood from him uh, into him from a lamb. 
Which is to say, the plan was to restart his heart. Okay, they did. By injecting the president with sheep's blood. The theory oh, is that... Then he's going to be a sheeple, dude. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. <laughs> he's going to follow everyone. The theory being that eventually Washington would come back to life as if nothing had happened. Surprisingly, the proposal was rejected. <laughs> Thornton was there, but Martha Washington refused to let him do this. Yeah, like even if it did work, which it wouldn't have, uh, if he was somehow brought back to life, he would his brain would be destroyed from like three days of <laughs> Johnny, no ac- oxygen. Thornton was one of the most well-educated yeah, medical yeah. minds of his day. Okay, you propose to know better than the American Frankenstein? <laughs> Please. Okay. We don't know. And in fact, Thornton revealed all of this, as I said, 20 years after the fact. Uh, 20 years later, he was relaying this story. And two decades later, he even writes, If these means had been resorted to and I had failed, all that could be done would have been done. Which is to say, he's basically saying, George Washington was already dead. So they should have let me try. (laughs) They should have let me try. Dude, imagine him going to his wife and be like, all right, hear me out. Yes, that's what he said. That's we're what gonna, he did. We're going to dunk, dunk my man like a, like a he, team He bag. described the whole plot to Martha Washington, and she said, um, that sounds fucking crazy. And yeah. he got mad. He's like, well, what's the worst that could happen? Motherfucker's already dead. Yeah, yeah. Let me pump some sheep blood in that heart. Let me fluff them lungs. Let's see what happens. Oh, my God. Um, He goes, uh, but I was not seconded in the proposal, for it was deemed unavailing. I reasoned thus, so he declared Washington's cause of death as he died by loss of blood and the want of air. Okay. Um, yeah, he sounds a little angry. Washington died. Word of his death slowly traveled around the world. Church bells rang in cities. Many places closed down their businesses for the day. Washington was like beloved all around the yeah, world. Yeah, I'm sure it took a long time for them to uh, learn of his passing. It did. It, yeah. it, back then, word traveled very slow. It could have been years before you had heard that Washington had died, and maybe you just thought it was a rumor. It could be more, a few more years before it was confirmed. Yeah. Um, memorial processions were held in every major city in America. Martha wore a black mourning cape for an entire year. And this is interesting and weird. Martha Washington burned all of their correspondence to protect their privacy. And to this day, only five letters survive between George Washington and Martha Washington. Two, she wrote to him, and three, that he wrote to her. Okay. And was Washington killed? That's what historians debate. Um, they don't know exactly what his cause of death was. They assume it was the uh, viral infection of his throat, the epiglottitis. Mm-hmm. But a lot of modern day doctors speculate that it could have been medical malpractice. And that it was. The, I feel like that's what everyone died of back uh, then. It was the practice of bloodletting uh, that actually killed him. Yeah. Um, In combination with the symptoms from the throat infection. And when you go back to Thornton's diagnostic uh, diagnosis of what happened, he says, I reason thus he died by loss of blood Mm -hmm. and want of air, which means his throat closed up. He couldn't breathe. 
and they let too much blood out of him. Yeah. So the doctors probably fucking killed him. Oh, yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm sure that happened all the time. You know, they didn't know how to fix him. I had no idea there was a plot to bring George Washington back from the dead, literally like straight out of a Mary Shelley novel. And I'm sure she burned those letters because they were like probably all horny. They're all horny. They and it was like, Martha, horny. if you think the Grim Reaper could stop me from <laughs> shagging that hot <laughs> pot of honey you got. I, my Dr. Thorin says otherwise. He's going to yeah. pump me with so much sheep's blood. I'm going to be hard for 100 years. <laughs> George Washington's words, not mine. Yeah. So, it's a direct quote. <laughs> let's open up a meta. A okay. Zoo. We're going to open up a pack of MetaZoo. This is the hottest card game in the world right now. We, we have a one. whole box. We're going to pull a random one out here. Uh, yeah, last time I filmed on my phone and you opened it. Do you want, do you want to flip-flop here? No, let's not break tradition. Oh. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's keep it how we've always done it. All right. All right. Uh, ooh, I'm, I think I'm going to bend the cards here. I, I like to have scissors when I do this, but... I can, no, I got well, it. I got it. So... I think we learned it was like three to the front to make sure the rare was the last one. Three to the front? I think so. What does that mean? Take the last three cards and put them to the front. That's yeah. how you do it in Pokemon. Take the last three and put them to the front? So the last one is the rare, yeah. Okay. Like this, one, yeah. two, well, three. As if I need the last one to be the rare. It, I don't, it's exciting, I don't traffic in these games. Okay. Oh, what? Did I fuck it up? Yeah, I fucked it up. Holy gem. That looks <laughs> that looks really rare. So it was to the front, sorry. <laughs> Holy gem. That looks rare. Island, Flame Aura, Broom, Lake Worth Monster. Nice. Rump Defusal. That looks freaky. Tripodero. Tripodero. Mud Bullet. Gluttony. Whoa, that one's badass. Yeah, the seven deadly sins. Menahune or Menahune and the Kentucky Hellhound. I love the Kentucky Hellhound. The Kentucky Hellhound. And the Holy Gem. Okay, so it's to the front. I fucked it up. Do you want to do another one or are you content with that? We'll do another one next week oh. on the next episode of Mega Strange. Next Saturday, we'll see you there, everybody. I'm Derek. That's Johnny. Hey. Follow us on all the socials. We'll see you next time. Good Stay night. strange, everybody. Bye.